everybody and welcome to the podcast All Things Food. I am your host, Nikki Hursthouse. I am a registered dietitian, foodie, yoga teacher and lover of food stories. I'm really excited to bring you this week's episode, so let's get started. Well, here we are, episode one of All Things Food. If you're listening, then a huge thank you for joining me for this first episode of my podcast. In this episode, I will be sharing my story and the story of how this podcast came to be. It's actually taken me quite a while to be able to articulate my story. Interviewing guests on the upcoming episodes felt a lot easier and a lot less pressure than talking about myself but I've had to keep reminding myself that it might not just be my family that ends up listening to the podcast. So there may be some listeners who don't know me from a bar of soap. If so, I just wanted to say a huge thanks to you for giving me time out of your day and tuning into a podcast by someone you don't know. I really appreciate it. So I'll help you get you up to speed with a little bit about me. First and foremost... I am a lover of food. I am a messy cook and a creator of delicious recipes. I am a New Zealand registered dietitian with over a decade of experience working in New Zealand, Australia and the UK. As a dietitian, I'm passionate about empowering individuals to feel confident around food. Feeling confident around food means knowing what foods are right for your body, your family and your environment. It means knowing what foods your family needs at different ages and stages. It means having the skills and confidence to make simple, balanced meals without food going to waste. Feeling confident around food is central to leading a balanced lifestyle that is sustainable during life's ups and downs. Confidence around cooking and eating food begins with finding a healthy relationship with food and also finding a healthy relationship with yourself. Developing and sustaining a healthy relationship with food and yourself needs to focus on both what works for your body and your mind. So this is my key focus when I work with clients now in my own business. But where did this journey with food begin? Well, I think I've always been a foodie, cooking, baking and farmers markets are some of my favorite activities. I loved learning to cook. My golden times are when those I love come together and we share food. Like a lot of people, I didn't have a clear vision of what to do after high school. On discussion of becoming a chef, it was pointed out to me that the hours were antisocial. I also pondered over viticulture too. I ended up at Otago Uni and really wasn't sure what I wanted to do, so I did health science in my first year along with hundreds of others. From second year uni I was on my way towards a Bachelor of Science in Human Nutrition. The paper that stuck with me was my biochem paper. This paper was all about what happens in the body when we eat, how different foods are digested, metabolised in different ways. It was nutrition but it started with food. The other great thing about this degree was I got to be in the kitchen for food science papers, so that seemed like a pretty good gig. After that degree was done, 
I was either a sucker for punishment or wasn't ready to leave the bubble that is Otago student life. So I stayed there another two years to complete a master's degree in human nutrition. After two years researching folate, folic acid supplementation and neural tube defects in women, I was pretty content with my stint in research. I knew that academia was not the path for me and I knew that to achieve what I wanted to achieve, I needed to become a dietitian. So yes, at that point in time, I was a nutritionist and I could have started working with individuals in some areas. But dietitians specialize in the diet and disease relationship. My hankering for science and wanting to understand the complexity of particular diseases and the relationship with food kept me focused on the fact that I wanted and needed some clinical experience. I completed my training to be a dietitian in Melbourne. What was deemed to be an 18-month postgrad stint turned into five years working in one of the largest teaching hospitals. I had an amazing time there and some of my nearest and dearest friendships were formed over that five years. For a foodie with foodie friends, there really isn't a better city to live in than Melbourne. As the travel bug continued to bite, I headed off travelling across the States and made my way to the UK. I worked in Birmingham first and then London, across various NHS hospitals and at a health tech startup company. During my time working in hospitals and in the community, I have seen how skewed the perception of food is in our society. The combination of modern working life, mass media, and industrial food production confuses even the most intelligent individuals. I have also seen how skewed the public perception of dietitians is. Dietitians can get put into a box. I know I'm not the only one to have experienced this, nor are we the only profession to experience this. But it seems that because diet is in the profession's name, people think all we do is put people on diets. Yet this is so far from true. Dietitians can also be dubbed the food police, which is pretty comical when most dietitians absolutely love food. Over the years, there were definitely times where I would refrain from saying what I did for a job, or I would give it another title because I didn't want to hear about someone's new fad diet or be asked whether they should eat bread or not. There were definitely times where I thought I didn't want to be a dietitian anymore. And part of this waning enthusiasm to continue as a dietitian was the divide between talking about nutrition in healthcare and talking about nutrition in the world of food. So much of nutrition in healthcare was not focused on actual food. In hospitals, patients need good food to recover, but the food service is usually well down the pecking order when it comes to budget and staffing. In addition, when nutrition is spoken about in the media, it seems to have crept further and further away from what it actually means. Nutrition is the process of providing or obtaining the food necessary for health and growth. Or, from a more scientific perspective, nutrition is the process of taking in food and using it for growth, metabolism, and repair. Nutritional stages include every part of the process from eating, so ingestion, 
then digestion of that food, absorption of those nutrients, transportation of that around the body, and then excretion, so getting rid of the waste out of the body. All of that is part of nutrition. So often we see nutrition defined by images of tape measures, scales, and usually an apple or two. But that's not nutrition. That's verging on diet culture. There are these notions that nutrition is simple and it's all about energy in and energy out. But nutrition is far more complex than this. So why is that? On a scientific level, yes, nutrition can be quite black and white. But when you layer in human beings and how we live our life and our daily demands, family demands, our current living and social situation, mental health and any medical conditions, everything to do with food and nutrition is so far from being black and white. Food is also so much more to us as humans than just a means for nutrition. And that's really important to remember. What you will need will vary depending on whether you're male or female, your age, how much physical activity you do, whether you're sedentary, so sitting at a desk all day, or active, working outdoors. Your nutrition will depend on whether you have any medical conditions, whether you're recovering from any illnesses, and for women, whether you're trying to conceive, pregnant, or breastfeeding. Now, just like everyone else, I'm not immune to the complexities when it comes to nutrition and fueling myself. My own relationship with food and my relationship with my body has been challenged over the years. Dietitians generally have very similar personality traits. And you know this when you're studying together. Generally, high achievers, very passionate about doing what's best for people using evidence-based science and sticklers for rules. That's all amazing and it makes statisticians good at their jobs. There's also a part that I've struggled with, though. And it's more the curse of expectations that as a dietitian, I should be the healthiest, the fittest, the skinniest, the best, all of which fueled a negative body image and bucket loads of self-doubt. I have had times when I believed that my value was based on the size of the clothes I wear and what I looked like, all the while being so anxious around food and social settings. No one could say this is healthy. There were times that I have been ashamed to eat foods that I love because they were deemed not healthy, like bread, pizza, or desserts, like lemon meringue pie. I remember during my undergraduate degree, I had to trial the Atkins diet for at least a week to work through an assignment. It was blimmin' miserable. I think back now and wonder what the point of that was, apart from validating that diet culture is okay. The main thing I learned was that my body and brain need carbs, no questions asked. As I said, over the years, my relationship with food has been challenged. Here I was, a dietitian with some complexes around food, fixated on nutrition being the main reason for eating food, generalized anxiety and social anxiety around food, and a negative body image fueled by the expectations to look a particular way, None of this was healthy. I knew that there was this tug of war inside around the prescriptive side of nutrition 
and the side that I wanted to get to where I was more in tune with what my body needed and when. It's interesting to reflect how seemingly small things like comments that people around you make, the effect of the media and personal expectations can essentially start to snowball over the years. There are a lot of beliefs to unpack and untangle. Obviously at the time they seemed so real, but now when I look back it's hard to comprehend how I thought they were true. If any of that sounds familiar to you, I get it. I know what it's like for others going through similar situations, which is why I have such a focus as a dietitian to support clients to build a healthy relationship with food and with their bodies. Because we can't claim health if we are not both mentally and physically in a good place. Later on, after unpacking some of the beliefs that were leading to a negative relationship with food, I started doing yoga more regularly. This was the most valuable step I took in working on my relationship with my body. Practicing yoga became a ritual, a habit, something that was grounding. My yoga practice was like coming home. Coming home to who I was. And it was the only place where I felt I could just be me. No judgments, no opinions and no tug of war from society's expectations. Out of yoga and training to be a yoga teacher, I have found so much strength physical, mental, and emotional strength. I have learned something that so much of us are missing, and that's how to be in our bodies. So what do I mean by this? Well, sometimes we're so much in our heads, fixated and worried about what we should and shouldn't do, that we ignore what our body is telling us and what it really needs. We ignore when our body needs more sleep. We ignore when it's telling us it needs to move. And we ignore when it's telling us it needs particular foods. I care so much more about what my body can do and what it does for me every day rather than what it looks like. I can appreciate my body for what it does because it's my home. It's the only one I've got and it's something to celebrate. And now because of this, I'm confident that nourishing my body in the right way is so important to allow it to have the strength and resilience it needs. I can also happily say that I love food and that's nothing to be ashamed of. My body and yours needs nourishment numerous times a day, every day, and the choices we make are so important for that. So during the ups and downs of working as a dietitian and working through all of these things myself, one constant for me was a continual appetite to explore the world of food. Wherever I have traveled over the years, the food, the culture, and the people have been central to my experiences. I have taken my love of food with me to over 30 countries. I've enjoyed cooking classes with locals, learning how they live, and tasted their traditional foods. The stories shared whilst cooking together have opened doors for me into worlds most people don't get to experience. I knew that to continue working as a dietitian, I had to find a way to combine food and nutrition with health, a way to ensure food and health are looked at holistically, where we look at how food fits into our everyday lives for our health, but also for celebrations, comfort, pleasure, and joy. So for some time, I've been thinking, how do I help people understand that you are allowed to eat food? 
love food and enjoy all foods and you're allowed to be healthy at the same time. While I want to change the narrative on food, nutrition and health, and that's where this podcast, All Things Food, comes in. So in my final year living in London, I would walk to and from work every day. The walk was about 30 minutes and I would have my headphones on listening to podcasts. One thing I noticed was that the podcast focused on either food or health and very few combined the two. Also, when I moved back to New Zealand in 2019, I noticed a very limited number of individuals having their say when it came to food and nutrition. Yet there are so many people doing such fascinating and interesting things, and I felt that their voices needed to be heard. I wanted to have those conversations, and the more podcasts I listened to, the more I figured that I could bring it together myself. So in my podcast, All Things Food, I will take you on a journey across the world, looking at the complex and often confusing issues around food in nutrition and health, its social and cultural importance in our lives, and the environmental impact of our food choices. I will be speaking to fellow humans who are qualified and credible to speak about their area of expertise. We will use science as a foundation of what we are talking about, but feed it to you in an easily digestible way, all puns intended. As we dive into different topics, it's really important to keep in mind how complex some of these areas are. In an episode, I might only scratch the surface with a guest, but that doesn't mean that that's all there is to know on the topic. What's really good about this is it means I can continue coming back with more. The world of food is vast and there are so many amazing people doing amazing things. And it is so important to celebrate this and to come together to celebrate a love of food and health. As a favorite food writer of mine, Ruth Reichel says, life is so endlessly delicious. I'm really excited to get this podcast going. I hope you will join me again next week as we continue on this journey about all things food. I hope you might just learn something new, discover something about yourself, or even grow your own love of food. So stay tuned. Next week, episode two. I will be speaking to my first guest of the season about sustainability and regenerative agriculture. Thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode. Don't forget to subscribe so you can find out when new episodes are released throughout the season. If you loved this episode, please consider leaving a review and share it with your friends, family, or anyone who you think might also enjoy tuning in. Until next week, you can follow the podcast and my work over on Instagram and Facebook at Nourish with Nikki. And to find out more about working with me, visit NikkiHurstHouse.com. See you again next week.